from India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. Just a warning: today's episode deals with themes of abuse, which may be triggering for some. आज बात एक ऐसे मर्डर की जिसने पूरे देश को हिलाकर रख दिया शॉकिंग डिटेल्स दैट सिल साउंड अनबिलीवेबल बट द फैक्ट इज इट्स ट्रू इट्स द ब्रूटल मर्डर 26 सिक्स ईयर ओल्ड श्रद्धा वालकर आफ्टर किलिंग हिज गर्लफ्रेंड ही इज सिटिंग एंड वॉचिंग नेटफ्लिक्स बॉडी पार्ट लाइंग अराउंड द हाउस बिफोर दे डिस्पोज ऑफ वन बाय वन दिस इज इंडिया इज मर्डर मोस्ट मोस्ट फाउल The murder of 26-year-old Shraddha Walkar, allegedly by her live-in partner Aftab Poonawala, has made headlines across the country, especially for the manner in which he disposed of her body over months. Aftab is presently in police custody and is set to face further interrogation as they build a case against him. The case is also being projected as clear evidence of what many Hindu groups term as love jihad, in which they claim Hindu women are being targeted by Muslim men. but it's none of these aspects that the guest on today's show would like to dwell on dr ranjana kumari is the director of the delhi based center for social research she says the case of shraddha in many ways mirrors that of thousands of women across the country so this is the whole story actually of each woman's life when she is facing uh, all forms of domestic violence uh, you know why i'm saying it because we deal with it on daily basis cases come to our office uh, they come we do hand holding we try to do counseling in many ways we try to help women majority view you can say or the view that has been perpetuated or pushed or there is a kind of agenda it looks like almost to me that it is because he belong to a particular community religious group so look what kind of brutality he is inflicted and we are missing the point because there are uh, you know thousands of cases reported Where uh, uh, violence is inflicted by husband and relative. As Ranjana Kumari said, Shraddha's case, till she was murdered, was similar to that of thousands of women across the country. Ranjana Kumari's organization works with victims of domestic abuse, and she's worked on many cases over the decades. While thousands of cases are filed by women against their husbands and in-laws over cruelty. the exact number of domestic violence cases in the country isn't very clear a national family health survey found over 80% of indian women had suffered some form of abuse in their homes from their partners in shraddha's case many reports have indicated that her friends and family were aware of long term physical abuse that she had suffered but were unable to convince her to leave aftab In today's episode, my colleague Jairaj Singh and I are speaking with Ranjana Kumari about various aspects of domestic violence. She explains why most victims are unable to extricate themselves from abusive relationships and try their best to live with it. She also explains why the Domestic Violence Act hasn't been as effective as hoped. We started by asking Ranjana Kumari about the challenge for unmarried women when they are in relationships and face abuse. So I wanted to start with the aspect uh, that you mentioned that in Shraddha Walkar's case, the domestic abuse was well known because, like you said, her friends knew about it. Possibly her parents knew about it. Uh, when it comes to unmarried women in relationships, what are the challenges for them when they encounter domestic violence? 
You know, uh, first of all, uh, such a decision for a woman who is uh, walking out of her uh, comfort of parental home and protection. It's some kind of a threat and challenge to society. That look, she's single, she is not married, and she is now having all kinds of relationship with this man. All social norms she is challenging in a way. So if any consequence that happens, she will have to bear with that. Because she is held responsible for her decision. And in a society like ours, as a woman, uh, you're not supposed to, especially in connection with having uh, extramarital or in living relationship or someone in, that is basically the sexual relationship with another man is totally no, no, it's unacceptable. And that is why you are put as a fallen woman. So nobody will stand by her. If she really wants to come out, she will have to go to a shelter home. She will have to talk to a police personnel who will, you know, look at her with those eyes, you know, and that look, that look, what you are doing, you know, running away with uh, someone who is uh, uh, of a different religion. That another thing which is coming as a burden now on women. So every which norm that is imposed on women under patriarchal system is challenged. I just want to bring up this fact that her father said that he actually told her to come home and she kind of thought that she could make things work. And that's something you hear with a lot of domestic violence cases that the victim constantly believed that she could rectify things and get things sorted. Uh, You know, where does this belief even come from? And, you know, what drives victims to kind of stay in that sort of cycle? You see, basically, uh, you are made to believe a burden of carrying out a relationship is pushed on women in marriage. You know, that's the expectation from her that you will bear with it. Just try a little bit more. It will work finally. It happens initially, but it changes. You know, these are the kind of uh, messaging that you give to girls. And girls start believing in that. Look, maybe I am wrong. You know, quite a few cases come to us and, and women uh, feel that they are wrong. Perhaps they change and things will change also for them. So, but as we know, dealing with thousands of cases now, that abuser never changes. It may become severe to mild under pressure. If there is a police pressure, there's a family pressure, there's a friend's pressure, whatever. But abuser remains an abuser, even if comes back to her and says, I'm so sorry what happened, I'm going to change. And that's what in this case also happened. And this girl is made to believe that she will make it work. Love has a different kinds of, uh, you know, uh, psychological uh, mindset where you are totally believing in the person you are living with, whether it is a girl or a boy. And then you, you don't want to believe that you've gone wrong. I know of a relationship which went wrong after many years, but this woman married out of her own choice, intercaste marriage, and the burden of making the marriage, you know, work was on her. And she felt very challenged every time whenever she felt that I want to walk out of this marriage. No, what will people say? What will my parents say? Everybody, because I have challenged everyone. So I'll have to prove that, you know, I must make this marriage work. And that's the thing about women and their socialization process from a very childhood. Ranjana Kumari says there are four factors that influence women, which makes it harder for them 
to remove themselves from abusive relationships one that when you grow up you have to get married and settle down with someone even if you are well educated highly you know in a good employment you've not settled down till you get married second thing that you know the whole idea of sexual relationship if you have gone all the way with this man then you might as well you know remain with him and be married because there is also this whole purity and pollution idea and you know, the bodily uh, integrity idea and all those things still women feel that no if i'm married uh, if, we, if we are going together going together means we are having sexual intercourse if we are if we are doing that then we must remain together and third one which is very important uh, for everyone to understand that in relationship woman is always the one who's the subordinated one the surrendered one this whole idea of giving you in marriage and also you are the one who will make the marriage work uh, you know be good cook well keep him happy you know keeping him happy all those things are the idea that is that prevails in their mind and finally i think a lot of dependency it's not only financial dependency it's emotional dependency when you go into the women female mindset then you will understand that for her emotional well-being and she depends a lot on her male partner a lot and and that's why she's not able to break free for herself but dr kumari you mentioned the psychological aspect of abuse through your various interactions with survivors can you give us a peek into the the impact that it has on a survivor mentally Well, you know, uh, mostly it uh, ends in some or the other form of mental illness, a depression, uh, guilt, a very, very major guilt that you know I, I couldn't do this. I couldn't really uh, continue with this relationship, or a very huge vengeance. She she can't take out anybody else, so she takes out on herself and her children. As you know, man abuses the woman and she abuses the children. It's a very uh, very well known continuum that that has been studied by many many researchers that if children are abused they become abusers later in life and this cycle goes on secondly i think is very important just a very small story which i want to narrate uh, one girl who came to uh, my office through my counselors kept complaining kept crying kept crying and i kept telling her she looked perfectly healthy there was no bruise she looked you know nothing was wrong and i kept telling her that look if you have to do drama please go out because we have you know serious issues in front of us she said let them everybody go out of this room. i allowed that and finally she lifted her petticoat and she showed me the cigarette buds with which she was burned and this is this really shook my conscience myself i was totally out of my mind after that but this happened so what was she doing she was taking it all on herself she was punishing herself getting punished by this man for not being able to carry out the relationship and then the other thing how can i walk out of this marriage then who is going to be father of my children even in our society there's another very big uh, burden put on women that you know you have to have someone even you go for ad- ad- admission to school you go to get a passport you get any paper they will ask even in spite of the fact legally it is not required anymore 
but socially we have not rejected that idea so certainly she will she uh, she lives by that and she punishes herself in most of the cases by really succumbing to all this and living that life but in terms of uh, financial dependence is there a direct link between financial independence of women and domestic abuse absolutely in most of the cases there are the secondary income earners like the primary income income earner is the man you know the provider and she as someone who is not earning enough to be able to look after herself and her children and all the other expenses in the family she continues to be dependent on um, male partner on husband she is not really skilled if if she she has done some education something whatever maybe educated i have seen uh, women suffering this violence even they are engineers and medical doctors and they will think it theek ho jayega kabhi na kabhi to usko samajh mein aayega ki galat kar raha hai to aur fir wo they they keep continue that that partnership and relationship so i think financial dependency is a huge issue and there's no other system if you go to uh, short stay home you can stay there for two months that's all government provides for and those are in pathetic conditions and also that your family your own family doesn't want to take you back in many cases parents have told us look madam we have spent so much money on her marriage and then after she comes back who will marry her again she has to go and settle down there only they try till the last you know they try and and middle class and upper middle class they have space they have homes but they think it belongs to their sons even now even now except for barring a very small percentage of people who are changing i'm seeing this whole thing for the past four decades and i know that things are changing but not enough to give women and girls acceptability confidence protection and also the level of support system that they need so uh, a major tool to fight domestic violence was said to be the domestic violence act and even in this case a major misconception is that it's applicable only if you are in a domestic relationship or go marriage is that actually the case no i think it's the most misunderstood the law because any woman in a domestic relationship and even in so she was in domestic relationship she was living in with him that means they were sharing life together so any woman in a domestic relationship can take help of this law but somehow it's not been very well understood and also because the law has not been very effectively implemented let's face that we got the law after a lot of struggle almost 10 years in women's movement we struggled to get this law but since it is in a civil domain and also that it does not really it has very complicated way of implementation globally when you get such laws you get money implement such laws but in our country we just get a law because we ask for it we fought for it and finally we got a law to protect women against domestic violence but we don't have where with all to implement this law so it's a very very difficult law to implement that is why it has really not helped in the way it was intended to help intended to help reducing the cases of domestic violence as well as protecting women as you know indian family health survey said that every third woman has reported in india of having faced domestic violence because in domestic violence uh, case uh, in the law you can even any body can report that so that's another area of 
you know, uh, which disturbs us a lot. And why we remain a bystander, why we don't intervene. Because it's happening with the woman, you know. Simply, I think that's the whole mindset. We don't even have a proper assessment of the number of cases in the country. I would think the first step, if we really want to do some course correction in terms of implementation of this, this law, we have to do a reality check and some accountability report should be presented to parliament. That you know how many cases come, what really happens, at what stage the cases are. Not only domestic violence, rape cases, all kinds of crime against women cases need a proper understanding of reporting, recording, you know, what is happening in terms of the process of the case and how many women really are getting justice. We need to know. And then only we will be able to do something about it. Say you do know a victim of domestic abuse. You've learned of the case. Are there any simple things that you could do if you just know somebody? Like in Shraddha Valka's case, her friends knew about it. They even staged some kind of an intervention which had very limited effect as we now know. Uh, but is there uh, something that you can do to help beyond a point? Of course, Shraddha's case is extreme. Where things went beyond control, you know. There are multiple things that one can do. One is intervention at the right time is very important. Counseling is very important. Uh, bringing in uh, help from family is very important. Family is the first shelter for a woman and a man, both. So, so provide that shelter, give her that courage. To some extent, you have to take responsibility. There were many campaigns that we have run, uh, not strong enough, and that is why you see that uh, violence is not gone. It's also a structural issue. It's also a, you know issue of the way our society uh, works. But you know, uh, in my opinion, a lot of us can help by just letting the person who's a violator or abuser to know that we all know it. And we socially reject you. This is a socially rejected behavior. If you know someone in your office, if you know someone in your gym, if you know someone in the park when you're jogging, and if you know about that, at least tell that person that we know it. And you are doing something very wrong. So take that responsibility. Then also it, it, can, it will have some impact. And also I think in some sense, as journalists, Please don't trivialize these kind of cases. This is simply unacceptable social situation that is developing in the country. It needs to be dealt with and reporting has to be reporting. It should not become, you know, <laughs> loaded with all kinds of political agenda. Please don't do it. Also, you know, with... I mean, I know you said that the abuse that doesn't change, but with even criminal law, it's a policy of reformation that we follow. How do we reform those who are engaged in abuse? Do we do we have anything in that domain? Psychological counseling is very important. And also that men, all men are not abusers. The ones who are abusers need to be, you know, taken through that journey to understand why they are abusers and what does it result into. Abuser may not themselves also not happy, let me get you. Because after all, they are seeing what's going on in the home. An unhappy home is not good for anybody, not for wife, nor husband, nor children, nor living partner. 
is not good for anybody. Take the abuser through that psychological counseling, let the abuser go closer to that whole situation and understand which is not acceptable. And also in some sense, you know, it has become now, you know, we blaming men, men blaming, you know, saying we have nothing to protect ourselves. It's not that the men don't get abused. You know, no, no, this is not the debate. At least I'm not into that debate. I think there are problems and we need to address those problems. And I think it's important men to understand that we can transform people by giving them a new experience, by giving them a kind of different examples, by at least giving them some kind of a role model. You know, that can happen from the childhood. When we are looking at young boys and look at the new experience which is going on, and I know that all these new websites which are coming, and especially dating websites, is a new world that you are opening to the youth. Young people will experiment with life. So give them new values. You can't cheat. You can't fraud. And if you will do all that, then here is the dagger hanging on your head. You will be punished. Two messaging. First of all, don't do it. Be the, the person that you should be. If not, then this is what is waiting for you. So law has to be effective as well as the socialization has to change. Ranjana Kumari acknowledges that we don't have adequate police force, but says it can be more effective than what it presently is. Police cannot be in every home, but policing can be in every home. You know, the messaging from the police can be in every home. That, you know, we are there, we are watching, we will act swiftly, we will protect this woman if something happens to her. We will believe in her statement if she makes a statement. Don't start with and once a case is filed, she says we need to ensure we have a criminal justice system that delivers justice to women. Look at the insensitivity, look at the victim blaming, look at the number of years that, you know, cases go on and on and where is justice? And now to add it all now, what we are doing is we are giving a social legitimacy to even rapists by releasing them from jail, by not letting them uh, face the consequences. So indirectly, somewhere, you know, we, we are becoming part of this culture where we accept uh, directly, indirectly, tacitly, whatever you want to say. Violence against women is not a very serious issue. Ranjana Kumari acknowledges that this case may be an outlier as far as domestic violence cases go. But she hopes this case will initiate a greater debate about dealing with domestic violence. I think this was really a very, very uh, sad experience uh, for the family. But if this opens uh, a kind of dialogue in our society about uh, you know uh, all all norms like you know living relationship is very normal with young people they will go for dating you have to understand that a girl can decide about herself about her marriage and partner boys can do it too and also if she has made a mistake please embrace her back don't push her into it. And uh, otherwise, the risk is too much, too large.
Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunay Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.